This is Ron Thurston, the best-selling author of Retail Pride, and I'm on the phone today with Keith Moneymaker from Sweet Dreams Mattresses and the Dreams for All Foundation. Welcome to Retail America. This podcast is part of the Retail in America Tour, my year-long journey to discover incredible retail heroes all across the country, celebrating our retail culture, community, and careers. Go to retailpride.com or on Instagram at retailpride to see it all, including past podcast episodes, playlists, and future cities on the tour. Today, I'm in West Glacier, Montana, as we wrap up our time here, and I've wanted to have this conversation with Keith Moneymaker since this tour began. He's an incredibly inspirational man, and when I think about retail heroes positively impacting others and their communities, you will hear that Keith is absolutely one of those people. But before we get started, I want to thank the three important title sponsors for the Retail in America tour and this podcast. Spotify Advertising. Spotify has grown to over 420 million monthly registered users around the globe, over half of which are supported on the ad platform. Spotify Advertising will help you reach and target your audience across devices, locations, and formats. Ubic. Over 300 companies in 80 countries trust Ubic to drive their retail performance at scale, get real-time visibility into multi-location business execution, digitized task management, and consistent digital mobile learning for their teams. And KWI. KWI is the industry's only true turnkey omni-channel platform for specialty retailers. With over 35 years of experience, let KWI help you execute flawlessly with the features that matter most, including endless aisle, clienteling, mobile checkout, inventory management, e-commerce, and more. The links to learn all about these three great brands will be in the show notes and at retailpride.com. And with that, let's get started. So hi, Keith. Welcome to Retail in America. Howdy. How's it going, man? How are you, Ron? Excellent. Excellent. So we were introduced by Mark Hinsley and Mark Quinn, otherwise known as Dos Marcos, who I know you are really close to, but I met them when their book came out, which is called Come Back to Bed. They're both mattress executives in the industry, wrote this great book through the same publisher that did Retail Pride. And the publisher came and said, you know what? There's these two guys that write about retail and about conversion and service and all the things that happen in your industry. You should meet them. So I met Dos Marcos. I've been on their podcast a couple of times. And then they said, you need to meet Keith Moneymaker. <laughs> I went back in my calendar and looked. I think we met during the pandemic, if I'm not correct. So it had to have been two years ago. Yeah, that's about right. Because I had yeah. touched base a couple times and got a bunch of books from my team. <laughs> Which I very appreciate. And then we're ready to do the podcast. So then I'm in Asheville um, on the Retail in America tour. You're not far in Pinehurst, North Carolina. You made the drive to meet me in Asheville, and it was pouring down rain. And if anyone's ever been in an Airstream, you know that rain and the sound does not work very well when you're trying to record <laughs> a podcast. So <laughs> we had a great dinner together in downtown Asheville, and we said, you know what? We're just going to do this another time. So here we are. Beautiful. We're not live together, but doesn't mean that the conversation's not equally important. So you call yourself the president, founder, and dream maker at Sweet Dreams Mattresses in North Carolina, and you're the founder of the Dreams for All Foundation. Sweet Dreams Mattresses is a local retail business outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, 
with two locations, and that fuels the foundation and the critical work that you do. That's right. The Dreams for All Foundation works with Sweet Dreams to take your old mattresses, refurbish them, and distribute them to those in need. The Sweet Dreams handles all the moving logistics, picking up used mattresses, taking them to be refurbished, and delivering them to their happy recipients. You say that too many people living in poverty or struck by tragedy struggle to find a place to sleep at night. By customers donating their used mattresses when they're ready to buy a new one, you start the process of giving someone a place to sleep. In fact, Temper Sealy has to date donated over $2 million in retail and mattresses to help fulfill this need. And you're the father of three boys, and there's a great story behind it. Uh, and so with that, let's get started. So Keith, you are the master of community involvement. And Retail in America is about local communities and retail. And I want everyone to hear the story about how and why you started this incredible business and what you're doing day to day. Thank you, I appreciate that. So family business, my parents have always kind of worked for themselves and they grew up like buying and selling antiques and used furniture. 30 plus years ago. So that's how they made ends meet was just going and buying random furniture. And they had an antique store in downtown Aberdeen, North Carolina. Mm. And fast forward a little bit in 2002, there was a roofer working on the building and it was like a 15,000 square foot old brick building in the middle of downtown. The roofer was using the torch on a windy day, caught the roof on fire, boom, roof falls in. So they have to knock the brick walls down. So everything they had kind of gotten worked for, even the building itself was in ashes. So they had to kind of start over. My dad worked out of his buddy's used car office in the back room trying to figure something out. And six months later, Sweet Dreams, Mattresses, and more were come to fruition to our first little 12, 15-bed store. <laughs> Fast forward a couple of years, we had moved location to a little bigger location. We're the placeholder for an existing restaurant now, so we got a really great deal on rent. Then it came around to the recession time, and our rent was up. So what are we going to do? we got to make moves. My dad found a place by Walmart. Mm. we got this big 7,000-square-foot building. And how old were you, Keith? I was 21. I was in my last year of college at Pembroke, which will come up relevancy in a little while. Pembroke is in Robinson County. It's one of the highest poverty regions in the southeast. But UNC has a school there, UNC Pembroke. So I never really stayed at college full-time. That was like a 45-minute drive from where I lived. I would always do classes three days a week or two days a week. I would never go full time all five days so I could go back and forth and work a family business. So mm. my last year of college, I was like 22. I decided I was just going to stay there at last semester and just live there, enjoy the college life for a year and do all the crazy things college kids do. Joined a fraternity, you know, <laughs> I kind of took the business over after that. I was 22, 23 at the time. I had very few employees, like five. The business was one location, mm -hmm. same size business. I just started bringing in brands like Tempur-Pedic, Sealy, Stearns & Foster, you know, a lot of the major S brands in our industry. There's really five major ones. So we're going to forward to like 2015, 2016, Hurricane Matthew hits in Lumberton. It's a bad flood zone. 45 minutes southeast of us, six months after this happened, people are still living in schools. The schools haven't opened back up yet. They're living in the gymnasiums, the churches, whatever bigger government or state building is available, people are living in because the water is still like in houses. Mm. So water starts receding. I see in the background a pile of furniture in front of every house and on top of a pile of furniture, a wet, saggy mattress. I'm like, man, like and showing Darla, my wife, we get like nice beds all the time. We get so many of them and you don't want to throw them away. Like, and it's a problem in our industry. Right. I just made a Facebook post. Hey, if you're affected by this and you're moving back in your home, 
shoot me a message. I'll get you a bed for free. So I started getting messages, people moving back in and between friends and family and the company trucks and employees, we just started taking beds down there to families moving back into their homes. And Keith, those were mattresses you had in stock that were already like trade outs from customers of the store. Where did you get that inventory? So I just collected. I had already kept a stash of like nicer beds for employees or family members or whatever, just mm. nicer used beds. I didn't want to throw in the dump. So I just kind of kept them sitting to the side. And then when I started seeing like how quick it started to turn over, I just started saving. Whatever the customer was giving us back, it was decent. I was saving it, putting it to the side. Um, So at the same time, you're running your full-price retail business, mm -hmm. and then this started to grow. Yeah. It sounds like. Like this this mission of yours um, started to to catch on. It did. I mean, it just was like, okay, you need a bed. Sure, no problem. Let's just take it, and we'll figure it out, get it on our delivery schedule. And one of my close friends worked for me at the time. He was always a yes man. I was always okay. And like, he never said no. And I never said stop. One morning after there was a fault on a delivery to go to the factory, uh, he left me a resignation letter in the truck, completely cold and quit. And speak to him for like six years. Okay. So best friend, like through middle school, high school, but joining a workplace together where I became the boss and he never said no. And I never said stop. It came to an end. It came to a rough ending, and I never really got the chance to speak to him again. And that was a wake-up call for my leadership skills, my people skills, and just my perspective and awareness skills for just how I treat people, right? Fast-forwarded a little bit and met Mike Irwin, and I was introduced to him through a good pal, and he invited me to come to one of his leadership seminars here in Pinehurst. And I ran by Mike the idea. I was like, hey, man, this just makes sense. My company's called Sweet Dreams. Can we just take beds down to these people? Like, I want to, like, do this nonprofit. Let's call it Dreams for All Mm. because no one deserves to sleep on the floor. And so quickly after that, it didn't stay. Obviously, something like that does not go quiet. And with me, especially at the voice of it, it's definitely going to make waves and and, and do as much good as I possibly can. So (laughs) the, the 501c3 was granted within 30 days from the IRS after I submitted it. So I made a Facebook page, started to make the requesting a little simpler. Um, And anything you can imagine where people start or if they've been a tragedy or poverty or getting rehomed, like there's a place somewhere in between that helps. And those places require places to sleep. Those places also require funds to buy beds so these people have a place to sleep. And what better thing is to provide beds for these organizations so they can put more money into food and water and and improving the shelter, right? So I've really started to work closely to these organizations wherever it is, if I can, um, evacuation centers, homeless shelters, domestic abuse homes, alcohol abuse homes. I mean, and Keith, when we met in person, you talked about the experience in your brick and mortar stores as customers come in, you get a sense of their need or their um, kind of where they are in their life and you can direct them in different ways. Yeah. So it isn't just, I'm going to sell them a mattress. You find solutions to problems. That's the thing, right? People come to us because they seek our profession, whatever the profession is in our retail, they're there to solve some sort of issue or problem or want or need. So in ours, being sleep, being a vital part of that, even before the charity came to fruition, I had on occasion random people come in with families and they'd have a budget for like a four or $500 king set. And, and you just can't get a king set. Even before all the price increases we see, king set for 500 bucks, the bed wasn't going to last. And they got a couple of kids starting school and this and that. So on a couple of occasions, I would just like, hey, I was like, I've got a really nice bed in the back. Like it's used. We picked it up, but it's in great shape. Do you want it? They're like, well, how much? I'm like, nothing. Like you can have it. We just came in to spend money and you just want to give us something. I was like, instead of giving them a crappy bed, my moral sense could not let me sell them a $500 king mattress that's going to fall apart in six months. 
And that just kind of became a habitual thing. And now if people come in the store and they're facing a situation, the charity has blossomed and grown so much and our awareness have grown so much in the area. Now, I'll remind you, I did not do this for the business. This is a after effect of the good you do coming back yeah. to you naturally. Your mind has to be in the right place. You have to do it for the right reasons. You have to do it as much as you can and never expect anything, obviously, right? After a lot of these like different things we did, a lot of different press releases came out from our local newspaper. And man, we just started having business come in. Random people were just, oh, we know what you do in the community, or we saw what you did, or we saw what your company helped support. They don't question the price. They don't question anything you do. They just want to come in and support you. They don't ask for discounts. Mm. It's crazy the circle of people it starts to bring into your business to support. All my salespeople have the authority if they want to once or twice a month, you know, and if it's nothing super, super extensive. If they're doing the right thing and they're gathering the consumer's needs and their story touches them the right way and they feel like, you know, maybe these people could use a hand up so they can wipe the bill clean via just either whether it's me or through the store or whatever. So, you know, they've got the autonomy to do that and not get in trouble. Wow. And talk about employee retention. <laughs> when you think, you know, someone that wants to do the right thing and maybe it's back to that story that you shared with your best friend going into business and how you've evolved your awareness and your leadership. And now I would imagine you've got all kinds of people that want to come and work and share this joy and this passion that you have for the customer every day. It is great. So I do have 16 employees that work between both stores and for the charity, for Dreams for All. I've got four managers and you just got to listen and invest. So mm -hmm. I know you'll hear some people, it's about the money. Well, it's, it is about the money, but it's also your awareness and what's going on in your employees' lives because this is where they're making their ends meet and where they have to come and show up every day. So investing in your people, not only just making the workplace good, but knowing what's going on in their lives and teaching your leaders how to do that as well too. So they, they have budgets and things for like if one of the employees has like a sick kid, they can just take care of like sending them flowers, like giving them autonomy to do things for other people, even if it's by your own dime, like giving them the empowerment to do that. My gosh, like it's amazing. I mean, I lose an employee here and there. I am unfortunately just got a two week notice this weekend mm. from one of my great employees. But I mean, some younger people, they have to grow and they want to move on and do different things. And that's completely fine. And I support that. But look what they've learned under your leadership and the company that you're building and the foundation. You know, when I say it often, you know, what do young people go home and tell their family about working in retail? How were they treated? What is the their experience? What is the business that they're learning? How are they learning to engage with the world? And so this person that's moving on to something else, that's fantastic because look what you've taught them in the in the journey of their of their retail career. It feels pretty good. I mean, it's good and I'm glad he can take that with him and grow and blossom where he plans to move and, and, and do something else. So it is mm -hmm. cool to get employees come back once in a while and just stop in and say hello and tell me where they're at. So it's, it's nice. Right. That's really nice. And I want to give you a moment to kind of talk about fundraising and I see you in conferences and I see you, you know, with the Dos Marcos guys and you really, you're all over the country and speaking about your business model and your foundation. How is that influencing the greater mattress industry, what you're doing today? That's a beautiful question. So with 15 million mattresses go in the dump per year, that's almost 50,000 per day. Wait, do I say that again? 15 million mattresses go in the dump per year? Per in year. the U.S., just the U.S., and that's 50,000 mattresses a day go in the dump Correct. in the U.S. In the dump. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I did not come up with this charity for recycling. I did not come up with this charity for business. These are after effects of like what 
an encompassing program it is. And I'm like, man, this is too good not to share with like the world and not to like teach other people how to do. I've been repping this for six years now. And for two years now, I've been going to these conferences and I will walk up to random retailers and 99% of the time, oh, we just throw them in the dump. And I just saw how much more realization this had come to. So after reading the Dos Marcos book and talking to so many retailers, we're all trying to be different and come up with our own cool concept. What's wrong with just consistently tying us together even more? We're all in the mattress industry. We have an issue dumping beds and we're all trying to set ourselves apart to be different. This program, Dreams for All, you're giving it back to the, somebody in the community. So you're building like this amazing community around your business. You're making it more than just a mattress purchase. Your employees feel they're part of something. So it improves your employee culture. Mm-hmm. You're keeping the beds out of the dump. So it's better for the environment. You're networking with other businesses that want to support your organization and your efforts. And on top of that, it's just the right thing to do. And this is a replicable program. Our first partners over in Charlotte, Greg and Katie Law, they have four stores as well. No relation business-wise, but they heard my podcast and they're like, we want to do this. And so they believe in me and in me trying to build the bridges I go and supported me. And so like over a year now, they've actually brought the Dreams for All program into their store, repurposed over 100 beds, helped on a couple big hotel initiatives, helped with refugee and veterans initiatives, and just helped me continue to grow and show this model all the way. So we made a deal two weekends ago. Beds Express in Alabama has a total of 50 stores. 28 locations are going to, over the next year period, bring Dreams for All to their doors. Wow. Now, I'm going to go from one, two stores, to six stores. That's 30-something, and his other stores will probably follow suit. So that's a potential in the next two years to have over 50 stores within each town making a difference that's for them. It's not for me. It's not for my business. It's giving them the tools, the playbook, the abilities, and showing them how to change each one of their stores within their communities and set themselves apart, not Mm. from the competition, but set themselves apart as a business model as what businesses should do and be. And there's no shortage of need. No, no, absolutely not. Like habitat, evacuation centers, shelters. I mean, there's tons of stuff. I think more dealers should just dive into the fact that like they can make a crazy difference. We're just a mattress store, but what an amazing difference we can make for an industry shift, an industry movement of just to this caliber and this size. Mm, Wow. I mean, talk about retail heroes. (laughs) That's what this is. It is like, it's not, you're, you just said it. You're not just selling mattresses. You are really changing people's lives. You are making an enormous difference in your community and whatever that need is that someone has, whether it's a firehouse, a shelter, a disaster, you're solving basic human needs, which is true retail heroism. So thank you for what you do. Thank you. I am incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Incredible. And sharing it. You're right. It's great that you're doing it in your, in your city, but 30, 50,000 locations, a thousand cities doing this for those in need is where the real power comes from. Oh my gosh. And you're the perfect spokesperson for it. <laughs> it gives me chills talking about it. I, I see that that's where it can be. It's a lot of work and a lot of hiccups are going to happen along the way. And a lot of people worry, but if your heart's in the right yeah. place, you just got to take the jump, man. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about your gala coming up and fundraising. Um, how can people support you in this mission? Um, continuing to spread the word and share the word. Our mission, because no one deserves to sleep on the floor, is literally an actionable mission in every community across America. And eventually, I mean, we're going to look back on this podcast a few years from now. And I, when I mean it, I say it, this oh, is yeah. going to go past just USA. Like there's needs in other countries. Think of like Team Rubicon and other charities, big entities that have went beyond our, our walls or our, our borders 
to help others. Like there's such a huge need when a big devastation happens that I'd eventually like to grow this that has such a funding to be able to ship a container of mattresses to wherever it is mm-hmm. to help people just have a place to sleep. I imagine our gal link is going to be in your podcast and there's a place there. Oh yes, it will. Links to all. (laughs) Links to all for dreams for all. (laughs) Um, Our link has everything in there from being a sponsor, from coming to the event, uh, or it's going to be an auction, you can bid online. So you don't have to be present to bid. And there's just a place to donate in general. Great. When we get close to the auction, there'll be a menu of items you can bid on, whether it's 50 bed frames, whether it's sanitizing 50 beds, or just covering the cost of donating enough mattresses for one family. So we'll have a menu of items people can specifically, kind of like Habitat does, and help out with that. So we're just grateful for mm-hmm. any support and sharing the word. And anybody that wants to get involved, I am I'm ready to go. You are. No, I'm all in and I just cannot express how inspiring this is to hear you and to hear how you've taken a small retail business and, and changed the world. <laughs> it's really inc- incredible to listen to. Thank you. That's that's powerful. Thank you. I want everyone to learn a little bit more about you. What inspires you? You talk about Mike Irwin. Tell us about your boys. Like what keeps you going? Because you are a seven day a week guy. I watch <laughs> you. I, I see your energy. I know what you're doing. Where does that come from? We're all individual people. But we all have individual things. And who would have thought you come up with something that's not even relevant to dreams for all, but like you can make a difference. And I've kind of like dug into that. I've tried to hang out with kids in school that weren't as whatever it was, was going on with them. People bullied them and things like that. I try to really just, however you want to call it, like I'm real powerful behind the little guy and what drives me. And you're a, you're a big guy with a big beard. <laughs> you know, you're, you're pretty intimidating. Oh, well, <laughs> don't let that fool you. <laughs> so between my parents and seeing their early life struggles and things that went on in their early lives. You know, my dad's always played devil's advocate, always warned me before taking jumps and things. My mom actually had a restaurant for 20 plus years. She worked on her feet six days a week. She ran her little cafe. My mom and my dad give me a lot of drive from the position of like, you're doing so much better than we were at that age. And that's not just in a monetary sense. That's just in general, right? So I get a lot of different qualities from both of my parents. Uh, I met my wife. She really helped me broaden out my great and good qualities, giving me a lot of perception um, from people. Mm -hmm. When I first met my wife was around the same time my best friend left me that resignation letter. So she kind of helped me recover from that situation and be a better boss and a better leader. Um, I've always loved kids. And from day one, we've always known that we wanted to adopt. That was just a thing we both agreed on. So we didn't know that we would run into any kind of fertility issues and things. So we started like the adoption process around the same time we were finding out we were going to have issues having children by birth. So we talked to a local family that had several kids that were adopted from several countries. And how do we go about this? How do you start this route? So after we talked to them, we went home that night and got on Holt International. It's an adoption company and adoption nonprofit. And Garrett and Gavin, like a couple months old, Garam and Gaon, <laughs> twins, newborns, they were up for like adoption. Their mother had released them up for adoption. They were the foster family. We like submitted an application that night. We're going in. It's like we're doing this. And so we got a call on Valentine's Day of 2017 to tell them that we were the family that was picked. We were driving back from Charleston. They picked us. That was obviously a heart, like super heartfelt moment, February 14th, 2017. And from that started the mounds of paperwork and bureaucratic red tape that followed. Like it was just crazy. So they did not come home. They were born April 9th, 2016. They did not come home until June of 2018. 
18. So they were a little over two years old. It took that long to finally bring them to their forever home. So Garam and Gaon, their first names are Gavin and Garrett. We kept their Korean names as their middle names. And obviously last name Moneymaker. And mm-hmm. they were home for a couple of years and we decided we wanted to try again. We definitely wanted more than two kids. We really struggled with a lot of um, fertility issues and we love Gavin and Garrett. This is just for the fact of just like between me and my wife, it sucked, man. I'm not going to lie. It, it just sucked. And we were on our sixth out of seven embryos and Gideon, <laughs> a little big headed noggin baby <laughs> who was our miracle baby. And this was during COVID. So he was born February 17th, 21. But this was like amidst COVID, so I couldn't go into any of the appointments. Now, we've had a lot of very upsetting ultrasounds over that two years before he was born. So to think that we actually got pregnant and it was real was just mind-blowing to us. And he kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And I can never go into ultrasound until the very end, and then he was born. So we have now a third boy, Gideon. So Gavin Garrett Gideon. And Gideon's middle name is... We wanted all the brothers to be tied together. Uh, you know, I'm a second, like my dad's the first, Philip Keith Moneymaker. I'm Philip Keith Moneymaker the second. I go by Keith. But we wanted to have something a little different because uh, Gavin and Garrett being adopted and Gideon being born by birth, they're all three our kids. So his middle name is Seoul. And the Seoul is the capital of South Korea. So Gideon, Seoul, Moneymaker. Uh, so that they're all tied together by name. Oh, that's beautiful. And how do they inspire you? you know, to keep going every day. Oh, just the way they, they look up to me. Gavin and Garrett, just the way they look at me and the example I want to set and how far I've came since I was little mm-hmm. and what my parents kind of, how they express how far I've come since when they were young parents, the, the opportunities are endless. And they have just set such a place in my heart for all three of them to just like show them you can do anything legitimately there's a will there's a way like be tenacious and be yourself i I want them to really just kind of naturally grasp onto things and it doesn't have to be my business they may not want to take the business over one day and that's perfectly fine like i want them to do what they love Mm -hmm. will i put them involved in it will they be doing deliveries and cleaning toilets and moving mattresses heck yeah they will they're gonna do all that they're gonna (laughs) learn to love it or hate it one of the (laughs) that's what i had to do (laughs) um Nothing wrong with that. Learning hard Heck work, yeah. you know, and, and watching you set that example is something that, you know, as, as a father, really inspirational. It is beautiful. And I always try to bring them on deliveries. Like if I ever go on a delivery, whether it's retail or dreams for all, or they're in the showroom, like I really involve them in just talking to people and just like, and being involved and experiencing that with me. And I think that's just going to have such a powerful narrative for their future, no matter what they decide to pick, whatever they decide to pick, I just want them to consistently always remember to keep other people in mind when you're doing it and not in a selfish mm-hmm. manner, but to keep mm-hmm. other people in mind is like, there's always a benefit to the community and what you do, no matter what you do. Wow. And you certainly set that example every day for all of us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. I want to wrap up as I always do with uh, three pillars of, of retail pride. And, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, I mean, maybe I'm trying to guess where you really gravitate between empathy, which is clearly a very strong strength of yours, curiosity and focus. I can't, I can usually pick where I think someone's got a a leaning tendency. I have no idea with you. You're you're incredibly focused. You are incredibly empathetic. You're curious about the world. What's your 
Well, how would you answer that question? If I had to pick out of those three, all those derive from that, but empathy drives it. Yeah. I've got a huge knack on how people respond to me. And it's not always for the greater good. I've been a yes man and I've had been taken advantage of, stolen from, broken into numerous times based on people I've tried to give second chances to or hire or bring in my home or bring in my life. But that has never stopped me. Hmm. I will continue to grow my empathy on how I feel about other people and how I can make a difference. My employees are what make this run and what make me allowed to do things and grow this entity like I am. Like I don't have to be on the day-to-day front lines anymore. Like growing this charity is what I'm about. It is neat to have two mattress stores. I love to get in and sell, but I know I can't do that full-time if I'm going to grow the impact of what this charity can do. And because I have so much Mm -hmm. drive and how much nasty and i am just determined that this will work for our industry and it will drive a shift it's the driving factor is because other people matter and i'm extremely empathetic and and i I will drive people to think that way i will beat it down your throat until you tell me to leave the room so (laughs) i'm sold (laughs) (laughs) i was sold the minute i met you two years ago but i'm i continue to be sold and i'm I'm really happy to be able to share the story with with a bigger audience i am super excited Um, along with Dos Marcos and, you know, all of your other mattress <laughs> friends, they've all got big audiences, but I, you know, th- this is about being a hero and this is who you are. So thank you for that. I am grateful. Where can people find you, Keith? So my Instagram is Keith.moneymaker and my charity Instagram is dreams, the number four, all foundation. And then for sweet dreams, it's sweet dreams underscore mattresses. I'm very involved on Instagram. I have Mm-hmm. Those same three accounts are on Facebook. I have a LinkedIn. I have a YouTube. I have a TikTok. I don't know how I keep up with all of it, but I do. Um, so I'm everywhere. Just type Keith Moneymaker in the Google bar. I'm pretty sure you'll find me. There's not many like me. Yep. There's there's no one like you. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm, I didn't I'm, mean I'm that honored self- to be your I friend. I didn't mean that selfishly. <laughs> I just mean I'm very obnoxious on the internet. So there's a lot of stuff out there. <laughs> No, I'm not saying it in any way other than there is no one like you, you. and I'm happy to know you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Ron. Thank you. Thanks, Keith. Thank you, Keith, for being on the show today and to everyone for listening. This was an extraordinary episode, and I'm really grateful for this conversation. Pay your retail pride forward and subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Write a review and then share this podcast with everyone you know that works in retail. You can go to retailpride.com or follow me on Instagram at retailpride to see all of the details about the Retail in America tour. And with that, keep your retail pride strong, and I will see you in September in Seattle and Portland. <laughs>